0: When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins
1: Wilkins, on on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, some very sad country music for the Oilers tonight in Nashville. Pecorine with a 31-save shutout, and the Predators knock off the Edmonton Oilers 2-0 just the second time this season. The Oilers have failed to score in a game. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 9-11. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre are... Booster Juice, fill the net deal, stays at $3,825 for the season. Booster Juice donates $25 for every goal throughout the season to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, but nothing tonight. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. The Oilers could have used an oasis of a goal or two tonight, Rob, but uh, unable to, to break through. I mean, you kind of felt, at least I did, when they survived that first period, when... They were okay, but not great, and Nashville was better, but they killed off those three penalties, and like all teams, you know, they've they've had poor periods, and then they've been able to recover, but didn't shake down that way tonight.
2: No, I, I, I agree that when they got through the first period, they weathered a bit of a storm. They killed off three Nashville power plays. Uh, they got some goaltending big saves when they needed it. They're right. You know what? They set themselves up, but we talked before the game. The, the strength of the Nashville Predators all season long has been their second period and again tonight They outscored the Oilers 2-0 in that period. They got the lead They needed and then the Oilers were chasing and the Oilers were chasing and for a long time The Oilers were chasing it without winning face-offs So it's kind of hard when you're behind and tonight they 58% of the face-offs Nashville won So now you're behind and you're losing the draw so now you got to chase down the puck and get it back. Uh, it was a perfect game for Nashville. They, they, they got the lead, they won the draws, and they got excellent goaltending from Pekka Rene. And that, uh, that spelled doom for the Edmonton Oilers. So it, 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 it was a tough night. But I think the bottom line for, for the Oilers tonight is Pekka Rene was a little better than Cam Talbot. And the Nashville Predators' best players, their top line, was better than the other's best players their top line yeah. and that's what it came down to
1: yeah two nothing is the final you can reach us 78049600 6-3, our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Uh, obviously, the three stars of the game were all Predators, Rene Arvidson and Johansson, who were all very good. You know, I, I really thought this was an encouraging game for Drake Kajula. It, it wasn't a highly energetic game for a lot of Oilers, especially through the first 40 minutes. I would like Kajula's game. I mean, he continues to struggle in the face-off circle, as you referenced, Rob. Like a lot of young players do, but he got five shots on goal, and I thought he was playing an energetic, straight line style of game.
2: Yeah, I I thought up front he was the most noticeable player that the Oilers had. And and the five shot, you, you love the fact that he has five shots on net, you don't like the fact that he leads the team in shots on net tonight. Uh, I mean, he's not a guy that's getting a whole lot of power play time. He, he, he's not getting bonus minutes. He only plays 14 minutes. So uh, you like the fact that he's doing things when he's out there, but it, it, it's not a good thing when you're third-line center is your best offensive player with shots on net. So uh, having said that, Drake, great uh, a great pick as the four-star for the Oilers tonight.
1: All right, nothing. Nashville takes this one, so the Oilers have dropped back-to-back games on the heels of a really good run. They had that seven-game stretch where they went 7-0-1. We're going to get to your phone calls, post-game reaction from Bridgestone Arena as well. Quick timeout, it's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perennis team broadcast. Center. This is
0: Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew house from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
1: Chan. Back to P.K. Subban high slot, wrist shot deflected, Right pad save made by Cam Talbot. Frank Smith picks it up, trying to center deflected, back here another save, Talbot, rebound, another save Talbot. Cam Talbot his save of the game for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at ArmorInsurance.ca. Talbot takes the loss tonight because the guy at the other end didn't let anything in. Pecorino gets the shutout. Predators over the Oilers 2-0. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get to uh, Todd on the phone line, I'm going to read a uh, text here from someone who identifies him or herself as old oil fan who says, Another game with no emotion, no desperation. Too cute, too many passes, not enough shots, and crashing the net. Dry being way too cute, too many guys invisible. If it wasn't for Talbot, the score would have been really lopsided. Teams are going to play a lot harder as we get closer to the playoffs, so the Oilers better start hustling or they will not be in the playoffs again. I've been texting all year that their biggest problem is lack of effort, and I still say that's what's going to keep them out of the playoffs again. If they would play the first 10 minutes of the game like they do the last 10, they would be in a far better spot. They should be bag-skated for 60 minutes until they learn what 60 minutes is. Well, the first part of that text I thought was fairly intelligent. Then it degraded quite quickly. Uh, They were too cute tonight, and they didn't crash the net enough. Uh, I I know it's frustrating to see your favorite team shut out. I I just don't think the solution always, Rob, is, well, they should have just tried harder. If they they only just, I mean, sometimes you just get beat. This was not a great game for the Orders. I didn't think it was a horrific game. Uh, either there's another team out there trying to stop what the Oilers are doing, and, and I think the Predators executed a bit tonight. Uh, I don't think this is the game you react to by uh, by by, by bank well,
2: skating them. No, no. I mean, in, in Nashville, I mean they didn't badly outplay the Oilers. I mean they were a little bit better on home ice. Uh, I mean Nashville's a good hockey club. I disagree with the, the, the text that they're not going to make the playoffs now. I think where they are sitting, the amount of points they have, I think it's there. I think the the lack of effort comment is wrong. This is a team that, I don't know where they are now, but they were around 10th in the National Hockey League uh, in, in the standing, so a team doesn't get there through lack of effort. Sometimes, I mean, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets had that huge streak where they won, was it 16, 17 in a row? And then after that streak, they, they had some losses. And I think the Oilers had this wonderful streak going, played some great games. And after that, they, they've had some losses. Tonight could have gone either way. If Clefbaum if scores in the second period early, it, it could go the opposite way. The Oilers score first. Now they're sitting on a lead. Nashville's chasing. I think it was a game that was fairly evenly played. Nashville was just a little sharper in certain areas. As for shots, after the first period, the Oilers had 27 shots on net. So it's not like they were turning, turning away a lot of shots. In the first, yes, they were a little too cute. After that, they started putting pucks on net. It was bad ice, as we saw the RNH partial breakaway. The puck bounces over his stick, and they, the announcers alluded to it quite a bit on, on the radio, Bob and Jack. It was a, a game that probably lacked a little of the emotion that it needed. We've seen that the Oilers, when they play with emotion, and most teams do, when they play with emotion, they're stronger. And the emotion wasn't there as strong as it needed to be tonight. And it's another learning lesson for the Edmonton Oilers. They are a good hockey club. But when they play other good hockey clubs, they've got to bring everything. And tonight, they didn't.
1: Yep, 2 nothing. Nashville wins it. Obviously, no Japanese Village goal light. We do turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Chud.com. Whenever the Oilers get to five or more in a game, then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. You can, found them, you can find them downtown, south side, and north side. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Todd on the line. Good evening, Todd. Hi there. Go ahead, buddy.
3: Oh, sorry. Oh, no, um, uh, it was, my name is Scott, actually. Oh,
1: Scott. My apologies. Sorry. Go ahead.
3: No, no big deal. Um, I had uh, two questions. First of all, I just uh, wanted to ask Rob uh, if you played in the, the teacher-parent
2: game this year and how you did. Uh, I did not play in it this year. My son's graduated from Lauren aikens so oh, okay. So I didn't get invited back this year, I think. And, <laughs> and I, from what I heard, these students had an upset victory at Lauren aikens over the teachers
3: needed your help out there this time. I
2: guess. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I seem to be slowing down. I, I like going against the grade <laughs> fours and fives now. I'm much stronger against them.
3: Uh, okay, okay. Well, I heard you can score well against those clowns, so that's okay. Uh, my, my second question was actually just about the trade deadline and how you guys felt about a uh, like a Martin Hansel type of pickup. Um, he's amazing in the face-off. God, I know his cap is probably just not where it needs to be for where they would pick him up, but, I mean, that kind of a player that the to really look at go
2: down the stretch here? Uh, absolutely. I, I think he would be a great pickup. The problem when you talk about great pickups is that there's going to be 17, 18, 19, 20 teams trying to get the same player, and that drives the price up. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean... Nobody the, really wants to give anything
3: that futuristic up to, to, for
2: a rental. No, you're right. He'd be a pure I, rental. I, I agree, and I mean he'd be a huge upgrade on on Drake Kajula right now, because Drake Kujula is just learning his way, and you add a six foot four whatever centerman that wins draws that not being not needing to be leaned on to be an offensive catalyst because he'd be your third line center. That's a huge huge get at the trade deadline. I just I I, I don't know what the cost is going to be because. If you you and I are here talking about it on our radio station, I'm sure they're talking about it in Calgary and Anaheim and San Jose and L.A. and Pittsburgh and just about everywhere else.
1: And and Todd, even though, I mean, we're hoping here the Oilers are going to pick between 16 and 30, say, I I still don't know if I would trade a first-round pick for a guy you're going to have for 6 to 12 weeks, depending on how well you do.
2: Especially a third-line center.
3: Exactly, and you don't know what guy the playoffs yet I mean yeah he could be a third line center what, what might be a better pickup would be him maybe in the offseason to move Drake back to the wing And, and that's a good point yep. well, Re- that's, really that's good a point.
1: really good point yeah and that's yeah, where that. most of the big moves happen right I think yeah, exactly. I think he'll I think Shirelli will try and pry a maroon type player out of somewhere and I mean you could, there's dozens of guys that might fit that bill and then hope he fits he, he fits into this situation Todd thanks for yeah. calling okay No problem. Thanks, you guys. All right, that's Todd at 780 496 You're going to hear from another Todd when we get back after the uh, 9.30 news, traffic and weather. That's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, and he's probably going to give us our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Steve is also up next on the open line. Oilers can't find the net tonight. They lose 2-0 in Nashville. This is Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Terry Peranich team, Brian. Center.
0: Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open
1: Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Well, the Oilers can't break through tonight. They outshoot the Predators 31-27, but Pecorine gets the clean sheet. 2-0 Nashville wins both goals in the second period. Arvidsson got his 13th, Johansson got his 9th. I'm Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown here as well. Your advantage trailer rental scoreboard looks like this. The Rangers beat the Sabres 2 1 in overtime. Chris Kreider. His 20th of the season turns out to be the game-winner. The Senators beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 5-2. The Jets, Rob, win three in a row for the first time all season, beating
2: the Dallas Stars 4-3. It's a huge win for, for the Jets. If they want to make the playoffs, there's teams that got to leapfrog. One of them is the Dallas Stars, so huge win for the Winnipeg Jets.
1: Four minutes left in Arizona. Chicago trying to hang on, up 4-3 on Arizona. At one point, it was 3 nothing for Chicago.
2: Yeah, it's a surprise. I think the Chicago Blackhawks like, thought it might be a 6 or 7 nothing game. They let up a little bit and Arizona made a little bit of a comeback.
1: Blues beat or are beating the Maple Leafs 4-1, 9 minutes left. There Mike Yo behind the St. Louis bench now. Patrick Marleau, career goal number 500,
2: and San Jose leads Vancouver 2-0 late in the second period. Good for Patrick Marleau, one of the better hockey players for a number of years in the National Hockey League and one of the better hockey players off the ice. I've met him a number of times, a classy, classy man.
1: Philadelphia beats Montreal 3-1, so tomorrow the Oilers play at Carolina. Montreal has their traditional back-to-back home matinee games on Super Bowl weekend, so they'll host Washington Saturday afternoon and then the Oilers on Sunday afternoon so three and four for both the Oilers and the Habs
2: yeah no advantage either way Uh, you hope that the Montreal Canadiens win their game on Saturday so that they don't come in in an ugly mood for that one on Sunday big game for the Oilers tomorrow night against Carolina they do not want to go into Montreal riding a three game losing streak
1: All right, 2 nothing. the Predators win tonight that was your Advantage trailer rental scoreboard let's go back to Nashville here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan up against
0: teams that are Throwing playoff hockey at you. And, yeah, they uh, are. They were, uh, again, that was a playoff game. I thought uh, it had playoff intensity, and we're at that time of year. And, you know, we made, uh, we didn't make many mistakes. Uh, we made a few. They capitalized on it, and I thought they had more players going than we did. We, uh, we missed some guys that, uh, you know, that we have to count on. There's a few players that played in the power play, played a lot of minutes, didn't even get a shot on goal tonight. So, yeah. Um, no in the ribs tomorrow for a few guys. It's, it's playoff time. and Are you going to step up or are you going to fall off? I mean, this is how it's going to be down the stretch out of it. Oh, Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, for, uh, for our group, this is, um, as a group, there's some guys that have played in these, these games. But as a group, this is uncharted waters for us. So we don't want to see guys disappearing. We want to see guys stepping up and, and giving more. And um, like I said, I'll poke a few in the ribs tomorrow. Um, some have never experienced it. Uh, they are now, and they've got to elevate their games. How do you poke them on a back-to-back situation? Well, oh, it'll be one-on-one real quick and just make it real clear what we expect from them. Did you to change those habits pretty quick before they become habits, I guess, this year? Well, again, we were uh, I thought we were light years better today than we were against um, Minnesota. Uh, we had a commitment level that was higher coming back and made fewer mistakes. Um, they play a well-structured game. Their goaltender had a, a real good night. But, um, you know, when you're about two or three players ahead of your opposition, you got a way better chance of winning.
1: All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Uh, not quite good enough for the Oilers tonight. Nashville wins 2 nothing. Text here to 630-630. From uh, Mike, who says, well, this will be a tough one for us to answer, Rob, because we're not there, but he says, what was with the poor ice tonight? Could they uh, not have turned up the ice plant a, a, a little bit? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's unfortunate in the NHL, the the best hockey league in the world, that a lot of them struggle with the the quality of the ice. And Rogers Place has had struggles as well, and they've been trying to to, to work on some stuff. And there there were some funny uh, funny puck motions
2: tonight. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there was a number of times. It what boggles my mind when it when it comes to this. Is the NHL can host outdoor hockey games? in LA, in Anaheim, all these warm, hot places and have perfect ice. Yet in an arena, I mean, Rogers, Nashville, whatever, all these ones, how could they not have perfect ice? And, and it, when and you look at all the other sports, you know, baseball, I mean, it's pretty uniform. The the, the, the stadiums all seem to be pretty good, the, the field. You look at basketball, all the, all the basketball courts are the same, in hockey there's a huge difference from one rink to another, and the players notice it. And when you are a skilled puck possession team, you want good ice. And tonight, neither team, ha- I mean, obviously had the bad ice, but there was a number, and the, the one that really stood out was Rnh going in on a partial breakaway. Looks down, and the puck's jumping off his stick. So I don't know if Nashville had uh, concerts there as of late, if they just moved the ice in and out or what, but the ice was not good tonight.
1: By the way, we're looking for someone to finish the play tonight, 780-496-0063. We're gonna go to the phone line. We have Sir Taj standing by.
2: Hey, Sir Taj, go ahead. Hello,
4: sir. How are you doing, Mr.
2: Rob Brown? I'm doing good. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing
4: good, too. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the last couple of games that the Oilers have been playing. Um, you know they have, so, they had so many chances against Darcy Kemper, who was like, who was not so good, and he, it was, it was not Devin Dubnik in that they had Darcy Kemper in that they could have scored like so many goals and they could have won, but they, but um, the past few games they haven't played their best hockey, uh, you can tell, and today uh, they had like so many chances, they just couldn't get one home. You know, Lucic had a couple of good chances. Nugent Hopkins had some good chances so that so that Eberly and um you know, none of them were able to get it home. And Cam Talbot, uh, was over there for two periods, total domination and Cam Talbot was facing all the shots and so he had to let in those two shots.
1: Yeah, well, it was a, it was a tight game for for sure, Sir Tars. Thanks a lot for calling. And, and a very you know the very fine line between winning and losing was, was evident tonight. The first goal turned out to be huge, and, and when the Oilers had that eight game run when they went 7 and one, I mean they got the timely goals. E- even if you look at the the one in there that they didn't win. They got a power play goal with about four minutes left. The force overtime against Nashville. They they got a tying goal against Florida, and then won in overtime, with with three seconds left. And tonight, you know, one nothing going to the third. Maybe still Rene gets the shutout, but a big goal in the in the final minute of the of the second period. So I, I look was it the I mean I I was kind of making fun of the guy that texted earlier and said well they didn't put out the effort. Do I think it was the Oilers' best effort? No. I also don't think it was it was a completely disastrous game. Now, it was McClellan referenced though. You, mm-hmm. you got to you can't let it build here.
2: No, you can't. And I think that Todd said it best when he said that it was a playoff atmosphere type game, and the Oilers didn't have all hands on deck. There were some players that were were, were absent tonight, and the Oilers are not a good enough team to to play with. You know, five or six passengers especially when you play against good hockey clubs. Teams are looking to shut down the McDavid line. And tonight they did that. And nights like that, you need to find someone to step up. They weren't able to do that tonight. And the Oilers' best players were not as good as the Nashville's best players. So uh, one bounce could have changed this game. The Oilers didn't get the bounce Nashville did, and they took advantage of it.
1: Yeah, and I thought, and and, you know, the one part of that text from earlier I did agree with was at at times too Mm -hmm. cute. Certainly Dreisaitl was was guilty of that and as and as we said that's why Kajula stood out yep. he was quick, he was in a straight line the puck was was towards the net yeah. and, and you know, hopefully they get back to
2: that a little more tomorrow. I mean I, I'm not as as mad at, at a dry settle when he makes pretty plays because he's capable of doing it. There was one that really stood out was uh, Patty Maroon who came down the wing, he got the pass I don't know if it was McDavid or dry settle set him up he's on his off wing, he's got dry settle and McDavid going to the net and he tries passing all the way across the ice to a defenseman who had a man on him. There's an example of a guy. Maroon, that's not his job. His job's not being the playmaker. His job's get the puck to the net. There's a good opportunity for the Oilers to put the puck on net with traffic. Big dry saddle going there. Great hands in McDavid going there. That's when the Oilers got a little too pretty.
1: Alright, we got Rocket on the line. Hey, Rocket, thanks for calling. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. I thought um,
5: Todd McClellan's interview nailed it right on the head. There was it was like a playoff atmosphere. I thought, you know, I didn't think the team played like a, a, a real bad game, but but there were some uh, some some passengers on the lineup tonight in the lineup tonight that uh, that hurt this overall game. And I just wanted to get your comments on that and see where you, where, you know what you think.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, well, I think that's kind of what we were just talking about it. I mean, like like Rob said, guys, maybe a, a little bit out of their comfort zone. Uh, making plays that aren't their strengths, like you referenced the maroon pass. Uh, I thought Drysital looked a little mm-hmm. off first two periods, and sometimes that's just you have a. And plus, that line is being checked, right? So, I, I think you, I always factor in the quality of the opponent. Rocket and the Nashville Predators. I mean, some people. I mean, the, you go back and look at the preseason picks. Not that those mean everything, but but some hockey guys thought they could win the western conference they're starting to look more like that team i don't know if they're there so yeah i think it was an oilers team that you know wasn't quite clicking like they usually can and and a team and and a and a a predators team that's really been coming on over the last month and a half
5: and one more quick thing for the record uh the last caller will be like the caller of the night how can you not
1: pick a kid that is as well-spoken as that one. <laughs> well, Sir Taj has uh, started to be a bit of a regular. He's, uh, he's good. He's called inside sports a few times as well. Rocket, uh, we, we, we just have a, a question for finish the play tonight because the Oilers didn't score. Uh, if you want to try to win something, I'll ask you since you're a regular. Sure. Uh, the Oilers have only been shut out one other game this season. What team did the deed? Back in October, it was an emotional night for their goaltender. It was an emotional night for their goaltender. Ottawa. Yes. All right. Rockets stay on the line, so Kellen can take your stuff down. Okay. Uh, So Rocket gets, uh, uh, we got a new little instant win here. What do we got? What do we got? Eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Seriously? Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com.
2: No way. I was just there the other day. I parked there twice last week.
1: And Rocket has also entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service. You can trust Integra Tire, experience integrity. Rob Brown, you get neither of those things.
2: I'm I'm calling in for the next. The you are just sitting across for me. Yeah, but some of these are really hard questions, and I think that I could I could really learn something if I sit here and try. So I'm gonna call. What's the number? <laughs> you don't know the number? It's
1: your <laughs> 11th season. Uh go bang off a couple of texts here. Uh, this texture says the bottom six look good tonight. It's games like this. The top six need to get used to playing. That's a fair. Yeah, absolutely. I agree totally.
2: I agree totally. I thought the bottom six were fine tonight. I thought Slapchev, Kajula, Latestu, Cassidy—they all look fine. The top six were not as good as the Nashville Predators' top six tonight.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And, and again, I—I'm I, not in panic mode after this game. If—if they—if they if don't have jump tomorrow, then okay. Then then maybe just it's, still, it's, still not
2: in panic, but disappointed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, disappointing. But no, that's, that's a really good comment for that texture to, to sum it up a little bit. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. Then you'll hear from Matt Hendricks on the other side of the break. Predators take down the Oilers 2-0. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranish Team Broadcast Centre.
3: This
0: is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Paranis Team Broadcast Centre. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad.
1: 2-0 Nashville beating the Oilers. Edmonton's record on the season dipping to 28, 17, and 8. They'll play at Carolina tomorrow. Steve in Toronto texting in. He says, I have a question for Rob. Curious if the guys are having trouble getting up for these games. With the All-Star break and then the five-day bye week coming up, just makes you wonder if some of them are still in vacation mode a little bit. That's from Steve.
2: Um, I, I'd love to lie to you and say that no, players don't think about those things at all and their focus is completely on the game, but it does creep into your mind. I mean, if you just think, if you you went on a five-day bender to Vegas and then you know four days from now you're going back down on a ski trip to, to Vale. Your mind it wanders a little bit. It's not right. It shouldn't happen, but they're because they're professionals. But sometimes it does. I mean, the others had were doing so well, and I read and I talked about you know, bad time for the All Star break to come because you you want to ride this as well as, as long as you can coming out of the All Star game. I don't think they played awful, but they still haven't been as good as they were before the All Star game.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, that's another challenge as yep. you, as you go through the the ebb and flow of a mm-hmm. season, and. I mean, look at what we went through already earlier in the year. The Oilers started 7-1, and one, yep. so awesome. Then in November, they had a five-game losing streak, and it was a true mm-hmm. losing streak. There were no overtime points. They went five games without a single point, and it was like, oh, my God. And then December, they start to pick it up, and then January, uh, you know, they, they go 7 one so they have another good eight-game stretch. So there's going to be a bump. Yep. I, I hope it doesn't go for a long time, but... You know, they've, they've put some points in the bank, which is good, so now you, if you have a rough patch, it has to last, it can't last eight mm. games, so you totally negate the good eight-game stretch. You,
2: you know, you're, you're looking for, obviously you're looking for wins, but as a, as a coach and as us as fans, you're also looking how they play, because sometimes you're going to lose games that you play well in, and it, it sucks. But it still shows that the players are still playing at the level they need to play at. I don't think the last two games the Oilers have played at the level they need to be at. I don't think they were awful. But they were not playing at the level that we've seen them play in the past. So if the losses come and they're playing well, you live with it because you know eventually it's going to even out. If the losses come and they're not playing up to their capabilities, Now you get a little bit worried. So that's why tomorrow, I think, is a very important game for the Oilers to get back playing the right way. Not so much just the winning, but playing the right way.
1: All right, let's go back to Nashville. Here's Oilers winger Matt Hendricks. You know,
5: playing the kind of hockey you're going to play in the playoffs, and it hasn't gone your way. um, What needs to go your way or what's not going your way? I think uh, my quick assessment is is we're, uh, we're making the wrong choices. We're allowing not the players, the opposition, to beat us. We're allowing their systems to beat us. We're kind of playing into their hands with a few turnovers and, and such. Um penalty kill did a nice job tonight. Power play had a few opportunities. Special teams wasn't a big part of the game. It was our our inability to, to play the grinded-out hockey game that you need to play to win these games. It's only two, so do you sort of not worry yet, or is this something that needs to kind of be you well, need to worry um, not in terms of our seasons lost right now by any means, but we need to we need to make the right choices the right way to play um, and we need to find that game soon we've got uh, two big games on the road coming up here before the break, and you know we've got an opportunity to to get four out of out of the eight points that we talked about, so we've got our hands full against two great opponents. But it starts tomorrow, Carolina, because people talk about the stretch drive. This is what they're talking about. This is what all your games are going to be like, pretty Absolutely. much. You know, now we go up against a Carolina team that's fighting for their lives as well. They're trying to to get every point they can. They've been a good home team. They've they've played well in their barn, and we all know what Montreal's been doing, especially at home. For, you know, with with their makeup of their team. So we need to uh, stop playing into the hands of the opponent a little bit.
1: All right, that is Matt Hendricks says the Oilers lose 2-0 to the Nashville Predators. So, yeah, I mean, the game tomorrow in terms of how they're going to bounce back. Are they going to commit more to? And a lot of times with this team this season, I think Hendricks was talking about there, we've talked about details, uh, commitment. A lot of those details that we usually have seen this season weren't there tonight, so they got to try to get them back tomorrow.
2: Yeah, there was, I mean, the the turnovers. I mean, part of it was the ice. Part of it was the the decision-making. I mean, the Oilers didn't get burnt on all the the, the turnovers they had. There were a couple blatant ones that uh, they were able to get away from. I mean, Clefbaum not closing on Arvidsson, and Arvidsson ended up having a ton of time to get his shot and score as a goal. Uh, little things. And as we get closer to the playoffs and then eventually in the playoffs, little things become huge because all the games are close, and one mistake could be the difference between a win and a loss. So the others want to make sure that they fix those things now and get it going back in the right way. All right. So, tomorrow, the game against the
1: Hurricanes, of course, on 630 Chad. Our face-off show will start at 4, and the game will start at 530. We will talk to you then. I want to say thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, this evening, and you can also go to the Oilers page on 630 Ched.com for some additional post-game reaction from Nashville. 2-0, the Predators win it tonight. Pecorine, a 31-save shutout. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Piranich Team Broadcast Center. 10 o'clock news, traffic, and weather coming up and then we'll slide into Charles Adler tonight. Thanks a lot for listening. Talk to you tomorrow.